Welcome to The New Next, a podcast that addresses current events and how they will impact the future. Co-hosted by the inquisitive public speaking champion, Mike McVeigh, and energy economics and technology expert, Matt Jensen. Join us as we explore all things energy, economic, tech, and political, and how they will affect our future. Hey world, this is Mike McVeigh giving a bit of warning for season three of Nobody's a Nobody podcast, the podcast where I interview people I find absolutely interesting, and I believe you will too if you give them a chance. Labor Day weekend will begin the promising season three as we revisit some of our guests from season one and get a clue on how they are doing, as well as interview a new slew to make up our episode queue. You can find us on Spotify, Audible, podcast players of your choice, and remember, Nobody's a Nobody, (laughs) that means you. Until next time. Kathy, does the worker shortage impede economic growth? Matt? Yeah. Uh, I, Me too. I, That's I, what I was going to say. Wow. I, yes. So, so both you and I would say yes. Like, when you talk about economic growth, um, it, it was like Adam Smith that described the um, baker and candlestick maker, kind of the chain of moving uh, money going down. When you have more people working, more people making money in productive jobs, then they spend that money and that kind of moves through the con- economy. So right. historically, it, or typically in uh, economics, they talk about it as the money multiplier. So like $1 of earning relates to so many extra dollars of GDP. So the worker shortage, I would say, impedes economic growth in in many ways. Um, here in the U.S., specifically, we have a huge worker shortage, or historically over the last couple of years, in high margin, high technical positions. So if if you're talking about a tech company that has basically a um, earnings ratio like you know, their, their operating margin is 40 or 50% and they can add an additional technical salesperson and get so much incremental sales. They have so much more margin to basically, um, basically spend on employees to help stimulate growth. So in that sense, a worker shortage is a really big deal. Also, kind of what we talk about a lot is the oil industry here. Um, the oil industry right now is really growth. Is, a lot of it is basically impeded by qualified workers and also the machinery, essentially, for these workers to run it. So there's not necessarily the ability to produce more oil and gas just because, you know, due to COVID and also a lot of older workers retiring, there's just not the capacity there to do it. So um, it's it's interesting. We talk a lot about China and U.S. and a lot of these, I guess, larger economies. Back in graduate school, which would be 12, 13 years ago, um, uh, one of my teachers was the governor of the Dutch Central Bank. And what he talked about at the time was there was this big worry that, you know, 10 plus years from now, and they, 
they so at this point they've been already talking about it in depth for a decade and planning for it you have this turning point where kind of like the baby boom post-world war ii generation births are falling and there's less births and a younger capacity so you have um basically people leaving the workforce and less people entering entering it so that has a lot of implications for asset prices for economic growth for the ability to fund social services to pay for all these retirement or retirees in the right. U, in the us over the past two years we had this too it's i think the first time in maybe 50 or 100 years where we haven't had a um, growth rate in the amount of people to enter the workforce. So it's flat, flat, maybe even negative, and usually it's two plus percent. So it's, it's a big problem, right? Like um, from that GDP economic growth level, and it's um, us being an developed company or economy, we don't really have the ability kind of like uh, some of the more developed developing countries. So to like tier level, like second world, third world that can transition to higher value jobs and basically boom up that uh, GDP per capita by getting more education. So there's, this is kind of a general problem. China's dealing with this a lot too. What What are your thoughts, Mike? Yeah, I'm going to go much more on a micro scale. <laughs> uh, I look at it, honestly, I know video games. Mic get micro. Kind of... Ha ha ha. Micro. Ooh. Anyway, I use video games a lot of, as an example. Uh, basically, there's a lot of games, especially for your phone or tablet, that you hire a worker and they do so much profit and then you hire another worker and even though it costs you and you have to pay an additional worker if you have the kind of business that's able to bring in more profit the more workers you have in certain kind of context you're going to get more yield so basically if you have a field of 100 by 100 meters and one person is supposed to um, take care of the whole field but they can only get 25 um, squared meters at a time you're you're only going to be able to do as much profit as that 25 meters. But with two people, you might be able to get 50 or probably more accurately about 60, 65 meters squared um, that you're going to be able to make enough profit that more than compensates hiring that additional employee. Uh, so now, now this isn't true in every single business. There are some businesses that are a lot more limited, but most businesses, uh, having that extra employee as long as it's profitable to begin with yeah. is a big deal. Um, in fact, um, I could take a friend of mine who's in the nursing industry and I know that during COVID, a lot of turnover has happened where her caseload became bigger yeah. and uh, it was a for-profit company. Well, a bigger caseload seems like it's going to be more money, but it also means you have less time to do the job correctly. And that's actually, there's a whole science behind this that um, talks about even like once once companies move from employees answering telephones to computers answering telephones that they no longer care about the customer. <laughs> I know that's not the thing we're talking about, but yeah, um, more employees, generally speaking, are going to lead to better profits or more profits if 
as long as the um, model that's being done, it's sustaining with one person, it should be even more sustaining with two people, unless it's a limited resource. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and then Matt talked about like how much the dollar's worth and, and the way this kind of makes a little, this makes more sense to me at least uh, after 9-11 in 2001, that Christmas, no one was spending, like they had record lows. And so they gave out a $100 um, rebate to several families to try to help stimulate the economy. And what's crazy is $100 is not that much. And it wasn't $100 per person, it was $100 per family, I think, if I remember correctly. But it did stimulate the economy more than what the $100 went in. And so if they spent $5 million on giving out $100, um, $100 rebates, maybe about six or $7 million actually got spent but the hundred dollars was what led to it. Um, which again, I mean, Matt can explain it probably in the more scientific, uh, mathematical terms, but basically if you're going to be able to buy something that you want, but it's $105 and you're like, I'm not gonna spend $105, but then you know, you have, you get a hundred dollar rebate or a hundred dollar coupon. You're like, well, I'll spend $5 mm-hmm. for it. So you're actually generating more for the economy, um, in that kind of mood. Um, in fact, there's some really, in an upcoming episode, we're going to be talking about um, how hard it is to quit oil, which goes into a lot of what we're talking about right now. So, Kathy, make sure to pay attention. Yeah, to that. totally. One, <laughs> one more way to think about it, too, is uh, with banking, right? Banks lend out money. And so, you know, if if uh, if someone puts $100 in a bank and the required reserve ratio, the amount that the bank has to re- hold in cash to basically backstep their deposits is 10%, then that means they can loan out 90. And and if that $90 goes in the bank, they can loan out 80 of that. So savings Mm -hmm. basically creates economic growth beyond that. And if you have this, um, this kind of discrepancy between workers earning and saving, and then people basically having those account balances dwindle, that really affects the banking multiplier too. Um, that's a, a, a relative to that reserve ratio. So that's, I mean, that's a, that's a big thing. So you both have the spending component and then also the saving component that feed into lower economic growth when you have worker shortages. So it's a very, very interesting question. So I'm, I'm glad that she asked that. If you would like to learn more about the new next podcast, find us at the new where you can suggest a topic you would like for us to cover. If you enjoyed what you heard, share the podcast, tell a friend about it or rate us with five stars. 